0: Recording in progress.
1: And today's Parsha begins with the word, and now. And now, Moshe says, and now, O Israel, O Jewish people, what does God ask of you? Only to fear Hashem and to walk in His ways and to love Him, etc. I'm going to stop and stay and and, and bring Rashi and va'ata Israel. and now, what does it mean by and now? What's now? So Rashi says, Va'ata Yisrael, afa kol Moshe just went through a litany, a, a laundry list of mistakes that the Jewish people have committed in the desert. And I say mistakes, that's really an understatement if you're talking about the golden calf, worshiping the golden calf. It's more than a mistake. It's a pretty grave sin. And all the all the other mistakes that the Jewish people have made, which Moshe enumerates in his, or at least alludes to in his rebuke. And so the feeling you might get is, you might feel crushed. You might feel, I'm a lost case. Forget about it. i just give up and throw in the towel. So now this is what the verse is saying. V'ata now says, Rashi, even though you did all of this, God's mercy and his affection is upon you. Look at that. These two, two words, his mercy and his affection. I, the first one is mercy. Well, you're really, I hate to use the expression, a loser, but I have mercy upon you, and so I'm giving you another chance. But I'm really kind of sick of you. No, no, no. Rashi says the second word, v'chibosoi. God's affection remains. God's affection for us, even after we've made mistakes, not only does he have mercy upon us, but there's God's affection for us. Everything that you sinned in front of him. Despite all of that, he's just asking for, etc. Which we'll get into in a moment. But I want to just pause there and see this incredible statement. Because it does happen that when you get into reading varim or more generally in life, when you do some introspection, it could be disheartening. If you take an honest look in the mirror, it could be a disheartening experience. And so, you know, here on on this Chabad.org, which we we use to read our daily portion, you have this option to show Rashi or hide Rashi. So if you hide Rashi, you wouldn't get this amazing, amazing teaching. Oh, you'd see all this rebuke. And you would miss this. So don't hide Rashi, show Rashi, not just on Chabad.org, but in your life, show this Rashi, so important, that despite whatever we've done, we should always remember, God's mercy and God's affection is always upon us, and He's still interested in us, He still wants us to do and actualize who we are. So what is God actually asking in this verse? is asking that we should fear the Lord your God and what does it mean to fear it doesn't mean to be afraid that God is going to strike us down with lightning God forbid but rather it means that we to be to realize that we're always in the presence of God and even in the presence of another human being you act in a certain way certainly in the in the presence of our creator the one who's giving us life constantly, we would act in a certain way, not out of fear of punishment, but simply out of respect and of recognition of God being our source and God being the creator of all. So what God is asking is that we should have this awareness of the truth, of reality, and to follow Bechol DeRachov in all of his ways. What are God's ways? God's ways, of course, are uh, kindness, compassion, the mitzvot, and to love God, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. That's all. <laughs> this is a, an interesting verse. Says, what is God asking of you? Just this seemingly impossible task. So the Talmud actually asks this question. Talmud says, the verse is making it sound like it, this is simple, to, to fear the Lord your God. Now, if we talked about fear in the sense of fear of punishment, yeah, maybe that's easy for everybody. But to really fear God in this state of divine consciousness and respect and awe, really awe I think is a better word than fear, is it really that easy? zutra I think the Talmud says, is this a small matter that he says mo? What is God asking of you? And, and the Talmud says that for Moshe, it is easy. Yeah. The God Moshe, he's able to, to achieve this. But the Alter Rebbe asks in Tanya, chapter 42, what does it help us that it's easy for Moshe? He's not talking to Moshe. Moshe is talking to the Jewish people. He's not talking to himself. So what does it help that it's easy for Moshe? And Alter Rebbe there explains that Moshe, there's a spark of Moshe in each of us, and re, and in in. Um, if we think about, if we think about that part of us, that part of Moshe within us, as far as that part of, of Moshe within us, it is it is something small to ask. What's the hard part? The hard part is to get in touch, and develop and cultivate that Moses within. What does Rashi say over here? K'imli liyira only to fear. Or be in awe of the Lord your God. Our sages derive from here that Hakol bidei shamayim, everything is in the hands of heaven, meaning everything that happens in the world is by divine design. Divine design. Chutz mi yiras shamayim, except for the fear of heaven. And what they mean by the fear of heaven means our moral choices that God gives us free choice. Now this always takes us down the philosophical rabbit hole. If God knows everything that's going to happen, how do we have free choice? We won't get into that. But for the purposes of our class today, what the, what Rashi is telling us is God is in control of everything except for our moral choices. So maybe whether we decide to make a right or a left, that is by divine design. But whether we're going to speak... leaves. In our hands, Hakol everything is in the hands of heaven, except for those choices that we make that involve awe of heaven or lack of awe of heaven. And we derive that Rashi says we derive that from that verse. The sages derived it from from this verse, right? Because God is asking us something. Everything else, He's saying, everything else I've, I've got under control, but this is the one thing I need to ask you, because I put it in your control. Very profound and very heavy, very heavy idea. Verse 13, the list keeps going of this small, small thing that God is asking us. Is to observe, to keep the, the commandments of God and his statutes that I'm commanding you today. It sounds like a long list, but it's for your good. All of these. Shouldn't, we shouldn't read these as, as these demands that God is making. These demands of us, hey, just leave us alone. No, the verse ends, This is all for your good. Don't look at it as a burden. God forbid. I'm, in other words, <laughs> I'm asking you a, a small thing, which is, which is to 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 be divine to be conscious of the divine, which will lead to all of these things. And, and there you're going to receive reward for this in other words you shouldn't he's not saying you should do it for the reward we shouldn't read that wrong and say this whole list is so that you should be good for you no Rashi tells us do it because it's right do it because it, it's it makes sense because it's correct it's appropriate and as a bonus by the way this is you're going to receive reward. On top of all that. Verse 14. Behold, to the Lord your God is the heaven and the the heavens of the heavens. It all belongs to God. The the earth and all that's upon it. It all belongs to God. Hakol, says Rashi, even though everything belongs to God, God chooses your forefathers from everything in the universe. So you should be very flattered. It's only your forefathers that God desired it's a very strong word of desire and affection, to love them. And he chose, B'zara Macharim, their descendants, meaning you, from all the nations of the world like this day. Verse 16, you shall circumcise the foreskin of your heart. And don't be stiff-necked anymore what does it mean the foreskin of your heart the blockage and covering of your heart meaning to be unfeeling to be callous that's the Torah's way of referring to the word to the idea of callousness don't be callous remove all the blockages so that your heart can feel what you know to be correct verse 17 because the lord your god is the god of all gods elikeho elikim uh, here he translates better, the Lord of the Lords, the master of all masters, the great, powerful, and awesome God who does not show favor and will not take a bribe. Now this phrase here you might recognize from the Amida, from the verse, first uh, paragraph of the Amida where we say we bless God and we describe God as Hagadol and uh, that comes from this verse no lord no master will be able to deliver you from his hand don't put your faith in anything else God is ultimately in control he will not show favor if you cast off his yoke you cannot pay God off with money you cannot appease him with money verse 18 God does justice for the orphan and for the widow, who don't have political clout, he loves the stranger, the convert, and provides for him bread and clothing. So this is God's work. So if you are going to take care of those that need taken care of, that are that are disadvantaged, you're doing God's work. What a blessing. Previously in the verse, we had a description of God's power. So what's the juxtaposition of seventeen and 18? It describes God's immense power and and alongside God's power, we see his humility where he is interested in taking care of those that are that are disadvantaged. To give him bread and garment. What's this, why why bread and clothing? Rashi tells us this is very these things are very important because Jacob, our great patriarch, this is what he asked for when he prayed to God. He said, "Please, God, provide provide me with bread and with a garment." So th- we see these are the basics of what a person needs. Verse nineteen. You shall love the convert because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So if you're going to look down upon someone who is different, who is a stranger, who is a foreigner, that was you. As Rashi says, that was you um, when you were in Egypt. Verse 20, the Lord your God, you shall fear and serve and you shall cleave to him and and take oaths by his name. In England, no, by no other name. Rashi says, the Lord your God you shall fear serve him and cleave to him and once you have all of these qualities qualities, you may swear by his name. Verse 21, he is your praise, he is your God who did with you all of these great miracles that your eyes saw, verse 22 with 70 souls you went down, your forefathers went down to Egypt and now look, you are like, in contrast to what you were before, you're like the stars of the heaven in abundance. You shall love the Lord your God and keep His charge, His statutes, His commandments all the days. You shall know it's not your children who did not know and did not see all of this. You saw it with your own, eye, with your own eyes. And, and I'm going quickly now. Uh, the verse now goes through all, all the great miracles that happened you saw all of this so therefore you shall keep the mitzvah verse 8 so that you shall be strong and come and possess the land which you are crossing to possess it in order that you may prolong your days in the land that Shem swore to your forefathers to give to them and to their to their seed a land eretz zavat a land flowing with milk and honey that we went through the whole aliyah which is pretty good um, I want to share with you a video which is by my uh, brothers, Shmueli and Bensi. They have a song called A Little Bit of Moses and Me, which is based on this Tanya that I shared with you today from chapter 42.
2: Knock, knock. the door. Oh, he still comes around. He changes name. I can hear his sound Knock, knock Pharaoh's at my door He's bringing slavery To time my hands To blind my eyes to see
1: have it a little bit of moses and me by eighth day hope you could hear cool. that and and catch cool. the lyrics i really like i really like the uh, the way it starts knock knock Barrows at your door <laughs> he still comes around yeah, that was still well we'll open it up to questions and comments really quite a powerful aliyah so much in it and love to hear your thoughts
0: I, it was very, I thought it was very powerful. And um, I, I, all throughout, I was I was thinking of, of what there was a rabbi uh, from London wrote in the Wall Street Journal um, a couple of years ago on Yom Kippur. In fact, it was a Saturday a journal, a journal that was printed. And he said, the mystery is not really that man still believes in God. The mystery is that God still believes in man. And that, that was the way he, he turned it. But I was thinking inherent in all this, it, it appears inherent in this is this conflict of what you are calling the, the love and surrender, not fear so much as awe and love and surrender to God on the one hand, which is in us. Maybe it's that Moses in us, our soul, versus this seeking of power, pleasure, trying to heal this inherent um, insecurity by getting pleasure or something in the ego. It's always this struggle, this ego pulling one way and this Moses pulling the other, I guess we could say.
1: Exactly. Excellent. You put it very well. Yeah, that's a great quote. Um, If you say Rabbi Rabbi from England in the Wall Street Journal, I'm just going to guess it was Rabbi Jonathan Sachs.
0: I think it was. They have a section on on the Saturday, a religious section.
1: Right, a religious, yeah. That's a great, great line. God... God still believes in man. That's a bigger, more surprising than that we still believe in God. That's great. Mm-hmm. Hilal, you're going to say something.
0: Uh, I was going to say that uh, each time when I read this whole uh, the, 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 the way, to me, mostly it's not a rebuke of the Jewish people, which is in there, but basically it's his plea to Jewish people to keep going, basically, you know, and that's what it is, you know. This is what he's asking Jews to do, you know. This is okay but he was saying, you are doing all that, but you know, his main theme of this book, you know, is just believe in God, do it, you know, go go do in God's ways, you know. That's what I beg, I beg you, but he's begging Jewish people to do it. Right, right. Excellent. Beautiful. But you know, he see that, you know, it that's what it is,
1: basically. Excellent. Keep trucking. <laughs>
3: is, is that why the we we are the chosen ones? Is because no matter what has happened in the history of our people, we've kept trucking.
1: Well, it seems that we're chosen. You know because of our forefathers that's what we read today right uh, you know it was in the merit of abraham isaac and jacob and uh you know that just keeps going
3: and the uh, the reason i asked that question is that it seems to be a theme abraham never gave up isaac never gave up jacob joseph on and on. And when God was looking for a way to move the message forward, here's these people that had been slaves for all these years and still kept the belief in God. And and for that to carry on for generations wouldn't you know, someone that gives up and play and jumps into playing a victim or whatever it is and changes around with the wind, like the weeping willow, I guess, you know, um, whereas, uh, we haven't, um, right. You know, that, I
1: mean, that's a good point. I think though, that, that these, this, these are qualities that we inherit, we inherited from our, um, from our forefathers like we were talking about you know we have a little bit of moses in us we have a little bit of abraham isaac and jacob within us so i think that's an excellent point that you're making that this point is that they 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 had this perseverance had this perseverance and also were they were uh, it's called a merkava they were like a chariot of god meaning that they lived their lives With with the only agenda of you know how can we help and what's our what's our mission here and they stayed focused on that constantly throughout their lives so while we may not achieve that level um, we have we have a little bit of that within us we have collectively as the Jewish people so I think you're making a very good point about that but I would just say that it you know the chosenness starts with the with the patriarchs and that's why we end up going down to egypt you know that's part of the journey that we as a chosen people have to go through but that's an excellent point that this uh, this idea of perseverance collectively as the jewish people and we can take that each into our individual lives to be as close as we can to the the patriarchs right keep keep going
0: Collectively, that's, we're talking about, what, nearly three and a half thousand years and tremendous amounts of suffering and challenges.
1: Right. 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 Yeah.
3: And it's, that's what seems to make this so complex is that to keep the, our beliefs going for over 3,000 years, right, and passing that along and staying with it and putting God first, from the very second we wake up in the morning, aligning ourselves back with God and reminding ourselves, and what that's allowed us to overcome. Um, you know, we—that's our part in this—is—is is doing that. I don't. It seems I don't know. I could be missing something, but.
1: Beautifully, beautifully said. All right, friends. This has been another wonderful session of the parsha. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow for part six of Parsha Sekev. Thank you, Rabbi.
3: Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you,
0: Rabbi. Can I, I just ask, Rabbi, could I ask, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm on the